Hello, and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, all the fights that we discuss are posted there. Uh, videos, you can check them out there. Um, before I get going here, I did post another video on my blog yesterday, which is from Tuesday's NXT. Uh, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray won the Women's Delphi Classic by beating uh, Dakota Kai and uh, Wendy Chu. Juan, I want to, Juan, I want to explain this Wendy Chu gimmick. Okay. All right. So this, they're, they're, the person behind it is a wrestler. Uh, American wrestler, Chinese descent. In the Indies, she was known as Karen Q. Now, a couple of years ago, she signed with uh, WWE. What the hell was that? And the first thing she did was she blew out her knee. Okay, so when she came back, they gave her one gimmick, which we'll talk about that. This gimmick here, called Wendy Chu, she, she wrestles in her pajamas, and she's trying to sleep all the time. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. It's kind of stupid, right? Yeah, so, very I wonder. I kind of wonder what EO thinks of this gimmick. But anyway, for this match here, Wendy kind of toned it down a little bit, so she was a lot better. She can wrestle, but they let her. And, um, you know, it was a good performance. It was a good match in general. Uh, EO won with her moonsault. And then afterwards, instead of challenging for the tag team titles, which I think one of the two uh, for Toxic Attraction, I believe one of them is injured, uh, they're going to turn the women's championship match into a four-way. So you've got uh, Mandy Rose, uh, Cora Jade, uh, EO Shirai, and uh, Kaylee Ray. And with EO and Kaylee, it makes it a much better match. Okay, because the other two one is kind of inexperienced and the other isn't very good. Okay, so that's going to be next week. A week from Saturday. Okay, the video for that is up on my blog. And now let's start uh, from last Saturday's UFC show in London. We had Molly McCann beat uh, Luana Carolina with a uh, spinning back elbow in round three. Talk about that in a second. Uh, but, of course, uh, Molly McCann is a big favorite from Liverpool. She's a huge favorite in, in uh, England. Uh, Luana Carolina, but she's not a very good fighter, in my opinion. Uh, Luana Carolina is uh, from Brazil. She was in the uh, Brazilian Contender Series. Uh, she was like 3-1 going into this fight. Uh, her coach in Sao, Sao Paulo, Brazil, is former UFC, one-time UFC fighter, Lucas Martin. And to me, Schwan, I don't think that Luana was prepared very well for, uh, uh, you know, Molly getting hyped up the way she does when she fights at home. She doesn't fight like this when she's somewhere other than England, Schwan. Yeah, well, that's a whole, that's another contributor to her inconsistent career as a fighter. Um, it's, this wasn't... This this wasn't really likely because McCann's not a not most fighters aren't knockout punchers in women's mixed martial arts. Um, she was she was keeping her off balance with the punching and the wrestling and the grappling, and it just created an opening. Carolina is she's a great athlete. She's physically strong. She's got some good striking, but 
when you when you attack her at multiple levels, she just freezes up. When you're just striking with her, she seems very comfortable. And I think she was just gun shy about being taken down or pinned up against the cage. And she held a position and Molly went for it. Like you said, in the U.S., Molly wouldn't try this. Uh, she just gets braver. She gets more aggressive. She gets more when she's got her home fans behind her and it makes her a very tough out. If she could somehow bottle that and put that energy into all her fights, she'd be much better because she's the kind of fighter who needs to go all out to have a chance of beating good fighters because she's not a great athlete. She doesn't have a great range of skills. And she and she's she's kind of limited as far as what she can do. So she has to go all out, but she only does it when she's in front of her home crowd. So Schwan, apparently uh, Dana White said that they're planning at some point to go uh, later this year. So I mean, are they going to just use her in England, or what's the deal here? I mean, they could. She she helps them sell tickets. She helps their rating over there and that's where she has most of her value i'm sure that's why they've kept her as long as they have because as, as we said i don't think she's a bad fighter i think she just thinks technically but there's not really an upside because she's not a real championship contender in the truest sense the only value you have is when you go over to to these countries where she has a fan base and she has she has people who support her that's how you maximize her value because she hasn't ever been able to put enough wins together to be a legitimate contender much uh, even a legitimate like top ten fighter. So the the way you get your your money's worth is putting her over there. So Schwan, isn't it deficiency that maybe she got to do something about? Uh, yeah, it's it's a lack of professionalism ultimately because as a fighter, just like as an athlete or as a parent or something, it's your job not to do it when it's comfortable. Give your best when it's comfortable. Do your best when you have a favorable matchup. It's your job to perform at all times. Molly McCann does not perform at all times. And as I said before, she's not a good enough athlete or a good enough fighter to get by on a 50% effort. Fighters like her have to sell out. That's how they, they make their bones. That's how they, they get ahead. Forrest Griffin, Diego Sanchez, a bunch of average athletes who are pretty fairly one-dimensional who push past their limits because they went, they, they went all out. Molly McCann goes all out in London and she is iffy everywhere else. And, why she hasn't gotten further than she has. Okay, so I guess the problem is between her ears. Yep. All right. I ho- hopefully, like, we need you to fight like this all the time. All right. Let's uh, go on to the second fight, which uh, Elise Reed beat uh, um, with Corey McKenna. Uh, yes. With, uh, by, oh, it's a split decision. That's right. Okay, Elise uh, made her UFC debut uh, while back at flyweight. This was at strawweight, which is her natural weight. Uh, she's from New Jersey. Um, uh, Corey is from Wales, but she uh, trains at Team Alpha Male in Sacramento. And Schwan, you know, we saw the effect that the crowd, uh, local crowd, could have on Molly McCann. I think it had the opposite effect on Corey. It looked to me like she had the UFC jitters. Uh, it did to me a little bit, but part of the thing, and I said this last week, or paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what I said. I said I didn't think she was 100% for one. And secondly, a lot of her success has been based on her being able to pressure people and physically manhandle them. She's facing a girl who's a better striker. And usually when she faces girls, they're on her striking level, but she can – use volume and use her physicality to bully them and run them over. Every time she started trying to build her momentum, Elise would 
to the stomach, kicked her leg, or a big right hand. So she could never really build momentum. She couldn't get to the position she wanted to for the wrestling attempts. And she didn't have any, any depth of striking skill. She knew how to slip or how to step over or how to draw a strikeout so she could get a react to takedown. McKenna has none of those skills because she showed none of them against the leagues. Yeah, Corey uh, did have um, surgery on a torn ligament in her ankle. Yeah, I, I thought she wasn't. Uh, but uh, like I said, a lot of her success comes from her being able to physically put her hands on someone and back them up, or they are trying to avoid her pressure. At least Reed, even though she's not a physical or particularly durable fighter as far as clinches and, and I think taking shots, I believe at least Reed is very quick off the draw with her kicks and her punches. And you have somebody like McKenna just coming wide open, just getting kicked, picked apart. So she could never get comfortable. And that's why she couldn't really, she, she didn't feel comfortable trying to press the wrestling. And at some point she started backing up and at least Reed was just chopping her up, backing her up. It wasn't a terrible feeling for her, but I didn't see the progression in skills that I would like to see. I, she looks like a team alpha male fighter, to be honest, trying to get by on athleticism and physicality. And that's great to a certain degree, but a certain matchup, she paid for that and she paid for it. Yeah, I think maybe Team Alpha Male may not be the right place for her. Yeah, I, I think there's a certain – I think she's got the, the energy and the physicality and, and the pace set. What she's missing is a little bit of nuance. She wasn't – she didn't try to double a jab. She didn't try to body – she didn't do anything to draw out a response to create an opening. She just kept coming forward with a girl who kept beating her off the draw. It just – no adjustment. I don't know if her corner told her to adjust. But she did not listen. It was the same plan from to the end of the fight, and she got beat from pillar to post from point A to the end of the fight. Now, the reason this fight was a split decision is because Derek Cleary scored 30-27 for Cora. And uh, I don't know what the hell he was watching, but it wasn't 30-27 for Corey. That's for damn sure. I scored a 29-28 for Elise. Yeah, it was pretty easy. It is pretty easy to go, but we've seen bad decisions before. This was particularly egregious, but it's not like we haven't seen very bad decisions. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to Saturday's show, which is back to the usual scheduling. Where the uh, uh, prelims are scheduled to start at about 4 p.m. And uh, this is going to be in Columbus, Ohio, Sean. All right, so... Uh, okay, so... The first, we've got three fights here. The first one is the co-main event, which just blows my mind. It is uh, Joanne Wood versus Alexa Grasso, and this is at Flyweight. And uh, we, all, we all know who Joanne Wood is, and I'm kind of waiting for her to get pregnant so she'll retire. Okay? Wow. Uh, she hasn't looked good in recent fights. Uh, Alexa is uh, from Mexico, of course, trains at Lobo in Guadalajara, which is owned by her father. Um, you know, she's had two fights, one or two fights at flyweight. She was a strawweight previous to that. I mean, the UFC wants her to be a star real bad because uh, of her looks and the fact that she's Mexican. And if she, you know, gets up to be a main event, she could, they could do a big show down there. Uh, Schwan, I just don't think she's that good. You know, I, I think she'll win this fight, but I don't think she's that good. I and The problem I have with her is she she doesn't put everything together very smoothly. It's like when she grapples, she can grapple. When she wrestles, she can wrestle to a degree. When she strikes, when she so her striking is boxing. There's not a blend. There's not an easy transition. So when you for, so when you when you put her in a certain spot, it's like she doesn't 
and make adjustments outside of that range, which you get taken out, she's strictly going to try to grapple you and improve position. It's like she becomes all of a sudden oblivious to strikes or counters. When you're on the feet, she's heavy into the strikes and isn't really sharp on people making adjustments as far as tie-ups or attacking different parts of her body. She can do everything individually. She doesn't put it together very well. Joanna, Joanna Calderwood or Wood, whatever, is, is good enough. She can transition between ranges, but the problem she's never adjusted, the problem she has never fixed is her ability to start off fast. She always starts slow and gives somebody a, at least a half a round where they're in full control, and then she's got to make up the difference. And it costs her against Jennifer Maya. It costs her against Marina Moroz. It costs her against... Who else? Um, Lauren Murphy. It cost her, I think, was it Talati? Was it Santos she fought recently in lost City? Taylor Santos. Taylor Santos. And it's like she, she's got experience. She's physically strong. She's durable. She hits hard. She's a good enough striker with the front kicks, the leg kicks. She's not great with her hands, but she's competent. She's a good top control wrestler. She's a good top control grappler. But she ends up always on her back foot and always trying to catch up because she can't ever, she can't ever start with any sort of pace or any sort of urgency. And she pays for it every single, she's paid for it in every big fight she's been in. Well, this is why I think Alexa's going to win this fight. I mean, she'll get off, she'll win the first couple of rounds and that'll be the end of it. She might finish the fight, but I kind of doubt it. Okay, fight number two, we've got the return of Sarah McMahon versus Carol Rosa. Well, and... one more second, one more second, real quick, real quick. What? I have to say the one reason that Alexa Grasso is going to have a chance moving forward is because her athleticism traveled. Because of her her power isn't the same, but she's so much faster than a lot of these girls, even if she's a little bit underdeveloped, very few girls are going to match her foot speed and hand speed. And that creates a lot of easy openings for her. That's going to be the biggest issue for JoJo. Not only is she's a slow starter, she's facing someone who's three, three times the athlete she is. So if she doesn't get in her positions immediately, it usually starts off bad and ends bad. Okay, I thought you were done. So that, let's go on to the second one. That's uh, Sarah McMahon uh, versus Carol Rosa. This is at bantamweight. Sarah McMahon, in my opinion, is a disappointment as a fighter. Okay, you know she had won that silver medal in the Olympics, but as an MMA fighter, I've never cared for. Her. You know, and she's gone six and six in the UFC. Lately, last couple of years, she has been training at Alpha Male, and she's had two, count them, two knee surgeries. Okay, so she's 40 years old, Schwan. All right. And, and ultimately, sorry. And, and uh, just to talk about Carol a little bit, Carol is a teammate of uh, uh, Jessica Andraj at um, um, PRVT. And uh, she's gone three and zero in the UFC, and I think. Yeah, look, look, McMahon has been an underachiever because she's an Olympic level athlete, Olympic level wrestler, Olymp and it has power and has strength. She's never been able to translate it into dominant wins in the in any level. She's always been kind of just kind of takes girls down and controls them and works them over. I think there's two things with her. One, okay. I think she has a low fight IQ. And two, she's too nice. She doesn't have a killer instinct, Schwan. I can see that. But if there's, for example, a lot of fighters who fight it go to, you go to certain camps to address weaknesses. The one weakness nobody ever talks about addressing is low IQ. A lot of fighters who fought at Jackson Wing, they didn't want to go to Jackson Wing for technique. Mike Winkler's John's style of striking 
is not conducive to functional, structurally sound striking. It's creative, it's esoteric, but what they go to them for is because Mike Wigglejohn thinks outside the box, Greg Jackson thinks outside the box, and for people who have issues with IQ, they can coach you up and they watch film in a manner that they know how to play the game and put you in positions to win. When you have an issue with fight IQ, you don't go to Team Alpha Male because when you think of fight IQ, I don't know about it, it, the rest of y'all, but that's the last camp I think of. And I've had, I've had to coach fighters against their guys. Y- y'all don't want to talk about my record against Team Alpha Male fighters when it comes to scouting. Y'all don't, they don't want to talk about that. That's a problem. They're not a, they're not a high. Which fight have you ever seen their fighters and said, wow, that was a tremendously intelligent game plan. That was a tremendous adjustment. You never said it. So they, they don't help her. Do Secondly, she's a front runner. She's fine when she's the hammer. She's terrible when she's a nail. When she gets put in submissions, she taps out fairly quick. She's had to take real punishment. She lost to Rousey. She took down Misha Tate and dominated her for like a round, two, two rounds. Misha Tate reverses her and starts hitting her. And essentially, she, she gives up. She just couldn't do anything with her. She's not, she can pitch, she can't catch. Those are her two problems. Physically, she's still a better athlete than 90% of the girls fighting. Her wrestling is good enough. She can dominate position on 90% of the girls. But the minute they fight back or they give resistance, her willingness to go to war or her willingness to engage lessens dramatically. It happened against Ketlin Vera. It happened in a win when she beat Jessica I. It happened against Misha Tate in a loss. It happened against Ronda Rousey in a loss. If she is not dominating, she's not comfortable. And when she's not comfortable, she looks for a way out. Okay, what about uh, my pick Carol win this fight? I think I think it's a good pick. I I mean just because I don't know what um I don't know what McMahon has anymore. Rose's on a Rose's co- got her confidence is sky high, and as far as the fighters in her camp, she's probably one of the more technical and strategical of the fighters there. I mean she's not a great technician, but just coming in, she she's more controlled aggression and poise, and being that she's fought in that out of that camp, and they're big on in exchanges and having great athletes. I have to assume that she's comfortable if she's put in a bad spot and she can work her way out. Most people will call it an upset, and, and to a certain degree, it still should be because Sarah McMahon, just off her wrestling alone, she's for three rounds. But given her iffy mental state, you, you just never know. So I think it's a very good possibility that Rosa pulls a win. She might get a stoppage win. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, you never know, right? Yeah. Now let's go into fight number three. Um, it is uh, going to be uh, Jennifer Maya versus uh, uh, Manon Fierro at uh, Flyweight. Uh, now, Manon was supposed to fight Jessica I a few weeks ago, and Jessica got injured. So rather than put on a, a late replacement, they decided to match up uh, Manon with somebody who's ranked. Who's ranked Jen- and that's probably a smart thing to do because Manon has potential to be a champ, okay? She's looked really good so far. Uh, she is from uh, Nice, France. Her coach, former, uh, not a UFC fighter, former MMA fighter, Aldrich Casada, And um, she's, a, uh, she's a former uh, 2017 IWMAF uh, world champ, world amateur champ. So she knows what the hell she's doing. She would beat Jessica I pretty easily, and I think she'll have just as easy time with uh, Jennifer Maya. But of course, Jennifer's fought, Jennifer's fought for the championship, and that's why she's in this fight. They think Manon could on the fast track to a title shot, 
And that's what I think, too. Well, the problem, we talked about this before, and I was on Twitter recently, and I said, imagine if Jennifer Maya would throw volume and throw body-head combinations. She'd be so much better as a fighter. But we know she's not going to throw volume. We know she's going to headhunt. That's just who she is. She's yeah. got the physicality and the strength and the grapple to get Mano in some prop in, in some bad positions to control her against the cage because we've seen her come we've seen her against the better version of Mano. She's a better version of her. So we've seen her have some success against Valentina on the ground up against the cage. But ultimately what kills her is her lack of work rate. She will not she's a safety first fighter. She will not take chances to win a fight, she will not take chances to get to a position. If she does not feel secure that she can clearly dominate you or will get a clean takedown or land a clean shot, she she's very safety first, she's very cautious, which means you can outwork her and means against a better athlete, she often will get backed up and sometimes finished. So now she's facing a bigger, a better athlete who's a much better striker who, is, who, who has no, who doesn't have Valentina's hesitancy. Valentina's a safety first fighter too. She needs to feel certain comfort. Manone is different. She, she is willing. To, she don't mess around. She's trying to get you out of there. She's willing to take some to get to get some, and, and that's a problem and, for my. Oh, 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 oh! One other thing in her last fight, which was against uh, Mira Buena Silva, uh, Manone did not finish. Went through a unanimous decision, and she was pissed off about it. Boy, do I like to hear that. Yeah, she's not going to be – She's she wants to win, but she wants to win a certain way. She wants to separate herself, and that that's an example of her greatness. A lot of girls in WM fight safety first, and for somebody like Valentina, she's a good enough athlete and skilled enough that in time she can still find the finish when she, when she has a certain caliber of opponent in front of her. Most of these girls are not good enough to get by and have impressive fights. Manone has the ability, but she also has the mindset. The problem for Jennifer Maya is – if you're going to be safety first and let her build momentum, she's going to try to get you out of there. And if she can't get you out of there, she's going to try to put a beating on you on the way to not getting you out of there. So if Maya's she's not, going, if she's not could, willing to take could chances, be an er, could be an early yeah. finish on this one. Yeah, if she's not willing to take chances and really bite down to get Manone's respect and back her off, then she's going to be like a chainsaw. Once she gets started, she's going to keep going and, and punish Maya. Maya has the tools to put her in bad spots, but will she have the guts to take the chances to put her in bad spots? Her history says no. All right, a couple other things I want to talk about here. Uh, first of all, on the weekend, on Saturday, uh, in the, on the Pancrase show, uh, Karen, former, she used to be known as Karen Date. She was part of this group of models. They were trying to turn into fighters, but Karen won the Pancrase, uh, Queen of Pancrase championship over Emmy Fugino with a fourth round she nailed her with an elbow, busted her open, and the uh, ref had to end up stopping the fight. Uh, bit of an upset. I'm not a big Emmy Fuccino fan. I, I feel she's kind of a mediocre fighter, even though she's been around a long But this was a bit of an upset. I would have favored uh, Emmy in this fight. Hmm. Like, like an upset as far as the fight community or upset as far as the bet? Yeah, I would have favored Emmy in this fight just because of her experience. This girl is very young. Karen is very young. She's like 18 years old or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, another thing is that uh, I have put on the, the uh, Rin Nakai's fight at the uh, Deep Jewel show recently uh, has been posted on Deep's uh, 
uh, YouTube page. And in fact, all of the fights from that show are on Deep's YouTube page. So be sure to check those out. I sent you the uh, Ren Nakai's one. Did you uh, have a look at that? I watched it. It just seemed like her opponent was either starstruck or just underprepared. And and Nakai just bullied her. her. The point is, you're going to see, and I think she's going to have a, a little tougher time uh, in May during the uh, semifinals and final. But the bottom line is, Ren Nakai is there to win that tournament. And she's been talking a lot about wanting to go back to the UFC. And I think Schwan at flyweight, she's a contender at flyweight. Okay. Yeah. Her physicality and her size. Yeah. Okay. I don't well, think she's short. I don't, she's I don't short. But, well, when she was in the UFC before, it was as a bantamweight. So she's better at flyweight because of her height. Yeah. I mean, to me, she'd be like a more, Maybe a more punishing uh, Lauren Murphy. I don't think I think she has limits, but I think she could be good. Yeah, I think she's a very she's a very uh, she's a very good fighter. Now, the other thing, a couple other things I want to talk about. First of all, I forgot about this last week, but um, um, American Top Team has opened a branch. In Curitiba, Brazil. Okay, so this was reported on by uh, somebody from SureDog, and uh, so uh, that's kind of a big deal, Swan. Yeah, what, what what was the reasoning behind that? Well, you know, they got a Brazilian guy running who's one of the managers there. You know, uh, Conan Silvera. You know, maybe they're looking to take over. Who knows? I thought I it was a very interesting development. Sorry? They've, they've had a lot of Brazilian fighters. How come they didn't do this like four years ago? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because maybe they, now that the pandemic is supposedly over, they want to do something like that. You know, I really don't know. I don't know the reason for it. Now, other thing, we were talking about Triller a couple of weeks ago. Yes. So there's another new development with Triller. Not only did they buy Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, now they have bought, I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but they bought something called the Championship. Hmm. Okay? All right? I don't know if you've heard of this. It's fake, right? They, they, yeah. This is, I explained this to you, this is like the reason Fight TV has a lot to do with why there's stuff like this around, okay? And they're also saying, they also have announced that they're going to develop a series called So You Think You Can Fight, right? So the guy who's behind this, and he's, he works for uh, a Triller, is a guy by the name, you may not be familiar with him, but I am. His name is Nigel Visco. So who's he? He's an original producer of American Idol, and he's also the creator and producer behind So You Think You Can Dance. And now he's working for Triller and Ryan Kavanaugh, and I don't know where the money's coming from these guys, but brother, they are spending it, let me tell you. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope they have some kind of plan. I mean, ultimately, it's great for the fighters. I'm not sure what Triller's trying to do because they don't have the best reputation well, I explain. I explained to you what Kavanaugh's reputation was in the movie. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could be sure he had the same reputation in the fight business. 
Yeah, it, he, I mean, as a, a guy who raises money and get gets you high-profile things, yeah. As a guy who executes, eh, it's been real iffy, real iffy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anything you want to talk about, Sean? No, sir, that's it. Okay, uh, that's about it. Then. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankie316.blogspot.com. And uh, if you want to subscribe to my blog, you can, you can, or other my podcast, you you can do so on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.